Community Conversations with Community Centres SA. Here's Kerry Ackermans. They say that youth are our future, but who is helping those youth who really need the help more than others? Now, are we doing enough to help their leadership skills? Well, one organisation is, and that's Youth Opportunities. For the past 25 years, they've supported almost 16,000 young Australians to become personal leaders who are now contributing positively to their schools, families and communities. In this episode, I'm talking to Tassia Agnew, CE of Youth Opportunities. Tassia, I first dealt with you through the university. Now you're CE at Youth Opportunities. What attracted you to working with youth? Thanks, Kerry. Yes, I have. I've been in Australia now for 16 years and really been involved in two universities within South Australia now. Um, And whilst I'm an accountant by trade, I've always had a passion for data and evidence-based research practices and how we translate that nexus of research and evidence into practices for the future. And Youth Opportunities really for me was, you know, an organisation that had a vision for uh, all young people to have opportunities to be their best. And they did that through programs that really were underpinned by psychological theories, evidence-based and interpretation and analysis. I'm interested, Tassia, that mental health has now become a topic that people just talk about as every day, whereas once it was a stigma, now it is something that we all know we need to address. Because Youth Opportunities has been doing this so long, have you changed your focus or the direction of solidified what's happening with mental health? I don't think we've really, I mean, we've been going for 25 years now. And whilst this is month three for me as an incoming CE, you know, our practices are underpinned by our theory of change of delivering evidence-based personal leadership programs that really meet individual needs. And we know that if we provide those personal leadership programs and there's different nuances, you know, maybe an eight-week one, a 10-week one or a 16-week one, depending on the needs of the youth group that we're dealing with, And then we address the ongoing barriers and inequities that um, marginalised and disadvantaged, disengaged youth face. Then we know we can help them also provide access to wraparound support and services. And that becomes the foundation for the outcome, you know, from short term to medium time to help increase their mental well-being and how they view themselves, their relationships, their grades and how they are at school and, and in other areas of their life. So let's walk through... I'm a disadvantaged youth or I'm in a situation where I need help. How do they find you? How do you find them? So Youth Opportunities has lots of relationships with um, schools, organisations, community centres, community groups, and also we have a social enterprise side. But that aside, you know, we provide um, leadership programmes within schools. And because we're a not-for-profit, we do focus on disadvantaged, disengaged areas and youth that we can help fundraise and provide the much-needed programs and support to those youth and individuals, giving them agency and helping them be the best versions of themselves. So usually the connections will come through schools or organisations or community groups that focus on a need. We also have been able to have some grants, for example, Safer Communities, which focuses on having relationships with SAPOL, community groups and schools and local youth to help provide them leadership skills for them to be the best versions of themselves. And I guess one of the key things is they have to want to do it, so they see the value in understanding the skills and the underpinnings and how they can actually then progress to do the things that they want to do and be involved in the areas uh, for their future. And Tassia, if we look at the need of youth, what they need, however, let's look at society's view. It's still common today for people to say, oh, the youth of today... 
Is the youth of today different? Has our multicultural society changed their view, bringing those values to our society? Can we just talk about that mix? Well, I'm not a psychologist by trade, so perhaps that might be one for one of our evaluation teams. But I would say that the need of our programs are underpinned by all the social-emotional learning and there's a blend of that and practical enterprise skills. So if you consider the, the tools and techniques that they learn and, and over the period of time, you know, from 25 years ago to now, those skills and those transferable skills are always really needed. So it might be that they're perhaps viewed differently by certain groups now than they were, but the underpinnings of actually what they're looking for, they're looking for agency, they're looking for, you know, control over their lives, transferable skills, communication, how to be the best versions to understand how they can um, help be more organized and be in control of themselves has always been needed, in my view. So I think there's always been a need for that that just comes in different life cycles of what that may present itself to be to look like. And it's the same program that everyone goes through, Tassia? There's different versions of it. It's one leadership program, but we have different versions. For example, we've last year grown to be national, so we now have a program we call Accelerate, which is over eight to ten weeks. But we also have our South Australia principal one that we've always done, which is Elevate. That's also ten weeks but uh, with PLP and give safe points. There's different versions of it. We also, with the Safer Communities grant that I talked about, focused on a, an Activate program, which was over 16 weeks to really help students that are particularly really struggling and needed some lifelong skills that they could then put into practice for their future to make it the best that they can. So, yeah, definitely the same tools and techniques, just different versions and different ways of doing it. But all of them are really underpinned by our four principles, and that's deciding to be happy, deciding to goal plan, deciding to send stars and positive communication, and deciding to grow. All great skills for anyone, really. Yeah. I'm talking to Tassia Agnew, CEO of Youth Opportunities. Tassia, Social Enterprise Generation Thrive. Talk to us about that. Yeah, so Generation Thrive was actually set up in 2021 as a social enterprise to help support personal leadership, well-being and life skills in young people between 15 to 30. And it was launched really from an increasing need to deliver prevention and early intervention programs to really address skill shortages, well-being for young people past when they leave school and into their workplaces. And again, all of these programs and everything that we offer is based on world-class evidence-based programs. But at the same time, what's really good about the Generation Thrive, and we've had lots of organisations, particularly in South Australia, that have uh, utilised our resources, it creates a profit for purpose-built business that then goes on to support opportunities for young people where they are experiencing disadvantage and adversity. So, for example, we've worked with Toyota or Foodland or Glenelg Footy Club to do some personal leadership programs and workshops and, and programs there for them to be the best versions of themselves and understand the skills that we're talking about and the principles of deciding to be happy, sending stars, goal planning and growing. And then all those profits and proceeds then go in to help schools in disadvantaged areas have the program to be able to put those students through the program as well. So what's the age range of the program, Tessia? So the current one we have is really we're focusing on year 9 and year 10. We also have just started last year a primary version that we're still in analysing the evaluation, but that seems to be doing really, really well. So that's focusing on year five and six. And then the Generation Thrive 
social enterprise really goes from 15 to 30, but beyond, I've seen it through different organisations where there's a group of middle-level managers that might need a bit more support or understanding the skills that they're looking for to be personal leaders themselves. So it's really um, transferable across all those age groups. And you say that you work together for maximum impact. What do you mean by that? Well, I guess, Kerry, you know, we've worked across Department of Education. We've worked around uh, with the Department of Child Protection in schools, community centres, city clubs, organisations, apprentice groups. So really, you know, for me, my vision is really if we can try and work where possible together to have maximum impact, we can really solve some of these wicked problems that we're seeing. You know, we know apprentice rates are decreasing. How can we help them? We're doing quite a a bit of work in, in that area. And it'd be amazing just to see how when we work together and provide these programs and say there's local communities and groups that might have groups of youth that really need a bit more support and a bit of leadership program, you know, we can do that. That has positive effects in the community. They then go and they can find employment and help out in their communities and stuff. So it's a really a knock-on effect of the impact of the program. And I've been to the graduations, you know, I've just actually finished my training for two days to be an actual trainer so I can understand the tools and techniques that we're teaching out in schools and organisations But the impact is amazing. You just see the ripple effect. We provide wraparound services for parents, caregivers, educators as well. And so when we share that knowledge of what we're providing to the students and the the youth, then we can also permeate it through similar areas like at home or in their workplaces. And then that gives them the best opportunity to thrive in their future careers and goals. And then when we work together, we can, you know, try and help increase employability in some areas or we can make them see that there's different opportunities for them that you know um, any failures don't have to be failures they're just a way of learning and use it as a learning experience and then going on to do what you want to do and be success you know so it doesn't actually stop you from being successful in the future and so we're trying to give everybody skills for them to understand that they can absolutely be the best versions of themselves and how they can cope when life throws you a few lemons along the way. Interesting you say Tastia about the skills that you're showing them because really they're both for life and for work and often we find that let's just take apprenticeships you go along and you learn whatever the craft is carpentry, bricklayer, whatever but a little bit like medical with the bedside manner, no one teaches you how to live whilst you work, how to be a good human, how to get the best out of the people that you work with. That's absolutely. It's about active listening, about communication skills, about looking someone in the eye when you're speaking to them and actively being present. There's lots of great learnings that we can take from um, the program and apply it elsewhere, not just in your school setting or your work setting, but at home. You know, you hear anecdotally when you go to the graduations, the relationships with parents and caregivers and grandparents have significantly improved because they realise that, you know, they are being heard and they can have a conversation and, and people are genuinely interested in the views of the youth and how they are. And you can see how that permeates through the whole life cycle of that that youth, you know, not just in school, but with their friendship groups that are turning up or at home, they're having dinner at home with their their mum and dad, which is phenomenal. 
So it really, really is something that I think you can apply in any setting. And I know I've even applied it at my home as well. So it's just something I think is such fun. I couldn't speak highly of it, Kerry. And again, these are the sorts of things that schools don't always get the time orbit. They have a pastoral program. They're usually one-to-one where they can service that. But it's not actually taught as a subject at school. No, it's not. But luckily enough, I think, you know, we are getting to the stage where we're having a lot more well-being coordinators in schools looking at well-being, mental health and, and all those areas that to see what they can do to help youth knowing that it's a complex environment we live in nowadays and what can we do to set them up right and give them the skills so that it can succeed and flourish because that's what we want. And what we then want to do is, you know, when students have done these programs and some of the, the programs that they do, it creates agency and so we have for example, a Prosper graduate program afterwards where we get them to advocate for maybe a youth action plan and they have their viewpoints and they workshops together or where else they can talk to other youth to explain about their situations and possibly be mentors for the younger ones coming through. And so it's really about paying it forward and showing how you can use your voice and your agency and understanding what youth are looking for um, for them to be happy and, and be able to thrive in life. I'm talking to Tasia Agnew, CEO of Youth Opportunities. Tasia, I'm interested in how you address peer pressure because that's something for every generation. It's always been... How do you resist that? How do you rise above that? If we look at some of the things, for example, even today, energy drinks have now hit about the danger of energy drinks. And of course, vaping is being taken up at a rapid amount in schools everywhere. Yes. So peer pressure, I guess, is one of the, you know, the the subjects we do kind of broach upon in the program. And again, I'm not the psychologist underpinning that one, but actually, if you think about what we're saying, we're saying that it's okay for you to have your viewpoint right. We're saying to the youth that we're training that you can decide to be happy, you can decide to have your goal in front and you can be that mentor and that person that sticks up for what's right and what's wrong and what you believe in. We're also saying that um, positive communication, so perhaps where, you know, someone has seen something going on in a situation such as, you know, some peer pressure situation, then those that had done the course can maybe send some positive communication to help that person. It was really good that you didn't really do what everyone else was doing, that you made the choice to do something different. And so it's really about giving the control back to the student and the youth to make those good decisions and deciding to grow and challenge conflicting motives or uh, self-limiting behaviours. You mentioned, Tassie, that there's a graduation. How are those success stories celebrated and is there any that particularly stick out in your mind? Uh, There are a few, actually, I've been to in the last few months. And I guess what I would say, Kerry, is, and you're very welcome to come to one of them in the future, you know, these graduations are so awesome to be involved in. You absolutely feel privileged to see that how these young people have learned and where they've grown from, what they've learned, how they've applied that. It's all about them. They set their goals of what they want to achieve. And at the end of the graduation, they get up in front of a group of family and educators and their peers, and they talk about what they've learned and how they can maybe communicate better or how it's made them turn up to school more or they've had a better home life and had a better relationship with their parents that they realise they can have those conversations. And each graduation is different, what the students bring, what they want to come out of it. I've seen one nationally. We were at um, a graduation in Western Australia, and these students absolutely embraced graduation. They got absolutely dressed up, and they did makeup, and they went and had these speeches, and their parents came. And then usually at the end of a graduation, what happens is 
the students send scars, positive communication to people in the audience, such as their parents or their um, caregivers or educators. And then those people then turn around and send equally positive communication back to those students. And the, the feeling of happiness and excitement and contentment, and you can see that they've really grown in their journey over the 10 weeks, was just phenomenal. It's, I truly believe it's a privilege to actually sit there and listen to um, the students and the impact the programme has had on their well-being and their mental state moving forward. Well, Tassia, it sounds an amazing effort that Youth Opportunities is putting out there in order to help our disadvantaged youth. How can the community help you? I would say that if there's any community groups or any organisations that want to hear more, either around our social enterprise or our programmes in their schools, please get in touch. Our numbers are on the website, youthopportunities.com.au. Gladly, we'll be able to have a sit down and work out what it is your community environment needs and how we can help support that or if there's any organisations willing to help sponsor the support of those programmes in your area. And you're government funded as well as private donation as well? We have some grant funding and government funding, yes, and then we have lots of sponsorships and private donors who really just want to help youth be the best versions of themselves and we're always very thankful for all their support throughout the year. We couldn't do what we do without them. Thank you very much for coming on the program today to have a discussion around these great opportunities being put out there for our youth today, Tassia. Thanks for having me, Carrie. All the best. Thank you. Thanks for listening. These podcasts bring you stories from across the state of South Australia, all of the great work being done in our communities and general topics of community interest. Feel free to share these podcasts with your networks and send us any feedback to info at communitycentressa.asn.au. Community Conversations. For more information, check out communitycentressa.asn.au.